All right, welcome to Valley Lights Church. My name is Bruce and I'm the lead pastor and our church has been going for a little over a year now. And since the very beginning, this has been a journey of trust for me. Even before I knew for sure that God wanted me to even start a new church, I, I knew it was gonna be a journey of trusting God because uh, there, was one, there was one weekend I was on a retreat uh, in New Mexico, and I was really wrestling with this question, does, does God want my family to start a new church? And I had, I wanted to. I had a bunch of people I admired that had been training me for that possibility and had been connected to some resources that could help me with that. But I just didn't know for sure if God was wanting me to do that. And so at this retreat, I was really trying to answer and wrestle with that question. And so I went on a run in the middle of this retreat, and it was uh, in the mountains of New Mexico. Here's a photo, actually, of the area that I was in. And I was just running along this road, kind of suffering because it was like high altitude and I was gasping for oxygen. But on this run, I was cycling through verses that I had memorized, looking for anything that would help give me direction on that decision. And uh, I was praying and thinking, and um, one verse that I had memorized that I brought to mind was 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. And when I got to that verse, it's like it exploded with meaning and significance. God really was highlighting it in my mind. And up until that point, all of my considerations about starting a church were um, sort of contingent on, on if I could see it play out, if I could see the path ahead and see how things were going to work out. And this verse says we live by faith, not by sight. And I felt like in the moment God was saying, if you're going to do this, you're going to not be able to see how it all turns out right now. It's going to require faith. And that actually was one of the primary verses that God used to speak to me about my calling, to really affirm that he was indeed calling us to do that. And uh, it was from that moment I knew all along the way, there'd probably be a lot of moments where I wouldn't really be able to see things, the outcome of things before they happened. And that's been, that's been the case, even up through now. Um, you know, we had just uh, had a, a family Christmas service in December. Here's a photo of our last big gathering as a group. And it was very exciting. It was fun. It was um, a really fun day. And on this Sunday, I was able to tell our congregation our group, um, we are no longer going to be meeting at Rio Norte Junior High School in this spot. We can't meet here anymore. And then I had to tell everybody, I don't know where we're going next. <laughs> and uh, as someone who is looked to as the leader, I, that was a, a bit of a stressful position for me to be in, saying, like, I, don't, I don't know what the next step is. And... Um, I had been working on getting some options about, hey, where, you know, if we can't meet here anymore, where are we going to go? And really the best option that I had, and actually the one that I was starting to like, was meeting at the movie theater at the Edwards uh, in Valencia. And I'd actually gotten a little ways down the way in getting um, a contract set up for that. And we actually had some people in our congregation that had actually done church in a movie theater like that before. And so I was like, oh, this is good. We got some resources. And then... A few days before Christmas, I got notice that, hey, 
this actually is not going to work out. You can't rent this space anymore, or this is not an option. And that was uh, difficult for me because what I was hoping to do was to uh, go into Christmas, because I, I was planning to take Christmas Day and then take a week off for family time, take a vacation, really get some much needed rest and a break from the pace of, of everything over the past year. And I wanted to go into that break having this issue settled, having it figured out because it would be more restful that way. Well, my best option dried up and what I thought was, you know what, God, I guess you're going to force me to have no options and I'm going to have to go into this family vacation and rest and just trust you and wait. And so I did. I did just rest and wait. I knew that really it wasn't going to be the, 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 the week after Christmas. Not really the, there's not a lot of people wanting to like start new contracts and do business deals and all that. So I thought it was going to be um, kind of a, a dead week as far as business goes. And you know what? That rest week was, it surprised me because very different than how I handled the first big test of faith I think God put me through when we first moved to Santa Clarita. Um, the first test was, will you trust me with the housing? Because we're having to move out of our house in Riverside where we are coming from and the day to move out was rapidly approaching and we couldn't, we couldn't get a house here. Um, we're just renting and we'd apply, we'd, we'd tour a place, apply, it would go to someone else. We'd do that over and over again. I'd keep driving out here and Everything that I thought I was doing, it just things kept flipping through my fingers. And that deadline was getting closer and I was freaking out. I was really stressed and anxious. I was, my, I was really emotionally wrapped up in getting this figured out. And what I realized was it was later, later I realized it was faithless. I obviously didn't really believe that God was in control. Otherwise I wouldn't have been responding that way. And it's similar with the, the very first location for our church. We, our first spot was uh, gathering at a park outdoors. This was like in the heart of COVID time in 2020. And uh, I was so anxious trying to get that figured out. And, and so when I got to, you know, just, just now, this transition we're in right now, and I was able to actually take a rest during Christmas vacation, I realized, wow, my faith has actually deepened. I'm not freaking out. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I would have been surprised, you know, if, it, if this was me a year, I'm like, man, I'm, di I'm a different person. I've really seen God come through for us and, for, you know, personally and as a church many times over this past year. So I really do believe that he is in control and he is going to work this out. A few days after Christmas, I got a voicemail from um, another location that I had my eyes on, but the price was way outside of what was feasible for us. And so I thought, this is, not an, this is just not gonna be an option for us. Well, they called back and said, the owner wants to uh, uh, sign a lease with you guys for a fraction of the price. And it's amazing. It's a, it was an amazing opportunity. And I thought, you know what? God, you can do this. You can, you can set this up anytime you want. I could have gotten notified by that two weeks earlier if God wanted me to, but he didn't. He waited till that time, and I thought, I really can trust you, God, with your timing on things. You can, I, I believe that God can make things happen in five minutes that would take us five years to do. He could just snap his fingers and move, move things around. This change of location really reminds me of a situation that 
the uh, nation of Israel was in when years ago, you know, a few thousand years ago when uh, they were following God in the wilderness. What happened for them is God was leading them through the wilderness to a destination and they, they don't really know where they were going or how to get there. So the way God led them was a pillar of cloud during the day that they could see and follow. And at night it was a pillar of fire. And they, uh, when, when the, the cloud or the fire stayed put, they, they set up camp, they un unpacked their tents and their wagons and their kids and their livestock, and they camped out for a few days or weeks or months. And then when it moved, they moved. They just really couldn't do anything except go when God moved it. And actually there's a, a verse here Nehemiah reflects on this time and he, as he's reflecting to God, he says to God, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way that they, would they were to take. So there's this real care that God gives to his people by guiding them in these specific ways. And I thought, you know, this is kind of how it has felt for us. <laughs> we have, we've had to move around a bunch in 2021, and I didn't always know where the next spot was going to be until God moved us there. Um, if you were to look at the gatherings, the gathering locations in 2021 for us, we started, uh, we had uh, 14 Sundays at Chesbro Park when we were meeting outdoors. Whether it was windy or hot or cold, we were outside, and uh, that was a good spot for us. And then the last day at that park, I was like, I don't know where we're going. Okay, then I was finally able to say, hey, next Sunday, if you still want to be a part of our church, you need to go to Embassy Suites. And we had uh, 20 Sundays that we met there. Um, there was one day in the middle of that. The hotel was unavailable, so we had to have a, a field day in a park again. We then had 12 Sundays at Rio Norte Junior High. Uh, very recently, we just had one Christmas Eve service gathering at West Creek Park. Again, that was outside. And then um, last Sunday was a Sunday of watch parties. So we had people hosting in their homes throughout Santa Clarita for church broken up into little groups. And actually, here's one photo of the watch parties uh, that we had going on. So you look at all these different spots and this movement, and if I knew on the front end it would be this complicated, I don't know if I would have been that eager to run into that. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work of changing the website and reprinting the signs and reconfiguring our kids' space and figuring out how to promote and advertise and keep people with us. But really, it's been a year of, it's been an exercise of trust and reliance on God and really trusting His provision. And in the process, I think that our church has really grown. I think well, we, we have grown numerically, but that's not even necessarily what I mean. I believe that we've grown in depth. One of the ways in all of this that we've grown is uh, in generosity. And let me give you one example. Um, you know, our, our giving has increased month over month, but we did a, a Christmas offering in December, and we've highlighted these four ministries. Um, there's the SCV Pregnancy Center in, that's in Santa Clarita. Uh, which gives help to, to pregnant women and provides alternatives to abortion. Um, there's this uh, food pantry, uh, a company called, or a nonprofit called Making It Happen. They really help with, um, there's a new uh, pantry opening 
at a church that has been a big partner to us, and I'm excited to give back to them. Um, there's also Orange Crest Community Church, our standing church, who has uh, done so much to get us started. Uh, they've got a new land in Riverside that we actually have a chance to go help out with. I'll let you know more about that in a few minutes. And then finally, an international ministry called Kainos Missions, and they're starting um, a new church and a church planting training ministry in Bangkok, Thailand. And so for these four ministries, I, I was praying about what's a good goal for us? I want to give beyond ourselves. I don't want all our money just to go to us. Um, what would be a goal for this? And so I thought, well, we've never done anything like this before. I don't, I want it to stretch us, but we'll see. And so I, I set it at 4,000, 1,000 to each ministry. And the reason I was sort of an ambitious goal is because that's, that's almost 50% of what we normally receive for contributions anyway. And so we did not bring in 4000 We uh, gave, collectively as a church, $5,175, which is so exciting. I'm so encouraged by that. Um, and our regular giving in December didn't drop. We didn't take a hit on our normal, um, what we'd need for operating. Um, this, this giving happened above and beyond, which means... In a time when we're in transition right now, we are still able to make an impact beyond ourselves. Not just be narrowly focused on what's going on with us, but to really give and reach out. And I'm so excited. I, I had said at the beginning, I want to be a church that is generous. I want, it, I want generosity to characterize who we are, like sacrificial generosity. And you did this. You practiced that kind of generosity. I'm so encouraged by that. Really reflects a lot of growth. Um, I think... That kind of giving shows a lot of faith in God. I think we've grown in faith also when we did our Christmas Eve service because uh, the whole week leading up to Christmas Eve, the rain forecast was uh, predicting seven, somewhere between 70 to 90% chance of rain on Christmas Eve, which when you live where we do, that high of a percentage, uh, it, it means something. And so, uh, man, I was really praying, like, God, you're the one who controls every cloud every lightning bolt, and you send every raindrop, would you make a window of rainless time for us to have this Christmas Eve service? And it rained that morning, but then there was a break. Amazingly, there was a break. And uh, on my way home, driving home after the Christmas Eve service, there was a few, uh, there started to sprinkle on my windshield. I was like, this is amazing. Um, but here's a few photos of that. Um, there's a group photo of everyone gathering together for that. It was cold out there. Um, here's another photo of uh, the candlelight portion at the end of service where we got to reflect on the light of Christ. And then finally, um, here's a picture of actually... We, so the way we advertised this event was Christmas Eve under the stars. And uh, as it turns out, there was one star. <laughs> I thought there'd be none because of the clouds. But here's the one star that God provided for our Christmas Eve service. Um, one of the attenders snapped a photo of this. But, you know... We were teaming, for this event, we had to team together. We really had to trust God with it. And you had to trust God and really put faith in Him for this to, to pan out the way that it did. And we had people come to this Christmas Eve service that don't normally go to church. And uh, we were able to connect with some new people. Many of you gave up a really special night of the year uh, to volunteer and to help with the setup or the teardown or the service itself. And I'm really grateful for that. I just... On Christmas Eve night, I was filled with grateful for our church congregation because of the way that you teamed together for that. <clears throat> One third way that I think that we've grown as a church is in community. 
And I've got sort of a funny way to illustrate this one, but when we were wrapping up our final day at Rio Norte and we had torn down all of our equipment and loaded up the trailer, everything was done and packed, uh, there was, uh, my wife had lost her phone. And she's like, did I leave it in the van or is it in my purse somewhere? We were pretty, she was pretty sure it wasn't in any of our stuff. But the room was clean and we couldn't find it anywhere. So a few people had noticed we were looking for this phone and they jumped right in, jumped and they were looking all over the place and some one person's calling it, people are listening, going in the bathroom. <laughs> it was a big mission that, you know, we were just on, operating together as a, as a unit trying to find this phone. And someone said, hey, I think I hear it vibrating. The, the sound was off, but it was vibrating. I think it's coming from that trash can. I was like, no, it's not the trash can. And, uh, and so, no, it is. So we brought the trash can outside so we could really hear it. Started digging through there. Here's a picture of <laughs> digging through the trash can. There's like 10 people trying to get their elbows in there. And there's like gross watery stuff that's splashed out of the ground. Everyone's pitching in to help find this phone. And I loved it. I loved the teaming, the camaraderie uh, for this objective. And, you know, this is kind of a funny example, but it actually, I think, is a small representation of the greater ways that we are teaming together as a community. And there is something really special forming in our group. Um, I have been seeing throughout this year ways that people have been really practically supporting one another, hosting one another, offering practical help. Um, I've been watching a culture of, of love and service blossom, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's a real gift. So I think we're growing as a church in depth, and praise the Lord for that. I think God has done a lot in Valley Lights Church in 2021. Of course, it's been a tough and interesting year for everybody. And I, I would say, for a year of such unpredictability and so much change and instability, it's been the year that my faith in God has deepened the most. The most unpredictability, my faith has deepened the most, more than any other year. And I don't know if this, all this change and all this, you know, following God through the wilderness stuff is really just for me, but I'm grateful that I, my, I really do, I, my, my faith is growing. And if we look again at that verse from Nehemiah, here's what it says about God. Nehemiah said, because of your great compassion, Lord, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way that they were to take. But you can see, he says, God has great compassion and he did not abandon them. So I want to tell you that I believe God has very great compassion on you. He cares a great deal for you and for your family, and he cares a lot about your situation that you're in right now. Maybe a tough one, or there may be things in your life that are tough. I also believe that God will not abandon you. When we commit our lives to him, we just say, you're, you're my God. I'm going to follow you through the wilderness if I need to. God will not abandon us. There may be times when it's pretty rough going, and actually this, the wilderness journey was really rough going for them. It wasn't actually, a, I don't think it was a delightful experience for the Israelites. But he didn't abandon them, and he did eventually lead them to really good things. And then, you know, God has great compassion on you. He will not abandon you. And one thing I think we should take away is don't expect to see into the future. We live by faith, not by sight. There's things in your future that you just can't see right now. There's 
probably in your life some unresolved things that are hard to live with. There may be a relationship that's unresolved. There may be some financial situations that are unresolved or maybe health problems that are still going on. You may have some things that, man, you just, you don't know how it is going to resolve and you, maybe you feel stuck in the middle of that. I think that God wants to see whether or not we will continue to trust him. You know, that first time I was looking for a house to move to Santa Clarita, I was not trusting him. I was freaking out. Freaking out? It's really not okay. It's faithless if we give into that for a long time. I think God wants to know, will we continue to trust him and will we continue to obey him? There's some very clear guidance that he gives for how we live our lives as we're waiting and enduring and pushing through, moving through the wilderness and our obedience is of very, very importance to him. So once again, here's a snapshot of our church at our last large gathering. And I love it. I love to see this group. I love to see what God has built over the past year. And this is a picture of our church, not because of the room that we're standing in. (laughs) I mean, you probably know that the church is not a building. It's not a place. The church is people. It's you and me, and it's us teaming together, following God living to carry out his purposes as best we can. And this is a church, this is a group of people that is going to move to a new location. And here's some benefits to us moving. One is that it's easier to move when you're smaller. We're still on the smaller side as a church. And I just love knowing that we can set up anywhere. We've set up outside, inside, at parks, different, you know, big spaces, small spaces. I love knowing, hey, we got it in the trailer. Pick a spot. We'll set it up. Not only do we have the experience, but we have a team of eager, can-do people that'll get the job done. And I, I, there's something about our ability to just go anywhere. I, I like that. Another benefit of moving is that we have the opportunity to connect with a new community. We're going to be setting up our road signs on new streets. We'll be maybe doing flyers in new neighborhoods. Uh, there's shop owners that we'll talk to and, and people that we'll come in contact with because... Uh, Generally, people don't like to travel very far. And if someone says, hey, I'll give church a try, they don't want to go that far. It needs to be a five-minute drive or maybe at the most a 10-minute drive. And so we're kind of in, you know, we're still in Santa Clarita, but it's a little bit of a new spot. Another benefit to moving is we may discover some future members that God has been preparing. And at every location that we've been at so far, God has brought people, even on places that we've only been there for one day, God has brought people that have been become core part of who we are. I'm kind of excited to see who's God going to bring next. He's obviously been stirring some hearts, ripening people's situations and life circumstances up to converge with what's happening with us. And, you know, we've been praying for a long time for a worship leader. Maybe the new worship leader is going to come out of this new spot. Or maybe you might find a friend that ends up becoming very... Uh, strong friendship that lasts the next decade or two because of this move. We don't know. God may bring some people that become a core part of who we are, and I'm really excited about that. My recommendation is don't get too settled in any location that we move to. God may move the pillar of fire again, and we'll have to pack it up and move on, and that would be okay. You know, we left, we, we recently left Rio Norte, 
And what, why did we do that? What's the reason? If someone asks me, hey, why did you leave? You know, there's, there's a reason for that. Some stuff related to masks and conversations we have with staff. But is that really the reason that we left? I think the real reason that we left is God has moved the pillar. And he moved us on. It was, those are maybe circumstances that he was using, but ultimately he's the one that guides us. He's the one that builds the church. He's working his purpose out and his plans won't be thwarted. What we're going to be focused on for the next couple months is not contingent on our location. It's something really important. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be talking and experiencing our core values as a church. And uh, we're, you're going to have a chance to, to really find out in, in a sort of in-depth way, discover what sets us apart as a church. You're listening to this message right now because you want to. And you're a part of our church because, not because we're the only ones. <laughs> um, there's other options for you. You could be somewhere else. You're here for a reason. I assume there's something about it that you like. You're not a part of our church because of our building or because of our location. Maybe initially that's why you came. That's not why you stuck around. The reason that you've stuck around more than likely is there's something, there's something here. And our core values, I believe, are what really set us apart. And they're called the heart attitudes. And if you've been around, maybe you've heard about this a little bit. You've gotten experience it a little bit. But our heart attitudes are um, seven values that we get from the Bible that make up who we are. It really frames the culture. And I'm really excited to talk about it um, on Sunday mornings and then also in our groups. We'll be going through a book that helps uh, all of us to experience this. And uh, so part of the reason our focus isn't location dependent is because a lot of focus is going to be put in this group environment. And maybe you're a part of a group already or you haven't been yet. Uh, but I'd really strongly encourage you to consider getting involved in a group. Because if you like our church, if you like, or maybe you're not sure, <laughs> But if there's things that you want to explore a little bit more, if you want to move on with us, you want to keep going and being a part of who we are, this is, this is, going to be, this is probably a better time to be part of a group than, than any time we've had yet so far. This would be the time to, to dive in. Um, so sign up for a group. There's, you can see the different options that we have for groups that are going to be starting in a couple weeks. Um, sign up for that. Be a part of that. And, and begin to experience who we are. Uh, once again, I'm really excited about it. Another thing coming up in the next few months is an opportunity for us to team together with our network. Uh, we are a part of a larger network of churches that's like-minded and like-hearted. The values that I was just talking about are common to the other churches in our network. And uh, one example is our sending church, Orange Crest Community Church in Riverside, is uh, they're about to break ground on the land that they've purchased to start building a property. And uh, which is really going to ex expand their ability to reach Riverside. And uh, so they've got, they're, they're calling in volunteers from our network churches, from church in Huntington Beach and Ontario and around the SoCal. And they've invited us as well to be a part of this, this bigger uh, teaming experience. It's a men's work day. It's uh, primary landscaping. There's some light duty and then a bunch of heavy duty tasks uh, that we'll be able to do together as a larger group. And uh, this is this networking and teaming with churches in our network. Um, it'll help you experience how we're part of something bigger. Uh, the things that God is doing, there's there's more that I think can really be accomplished when we team together in some significant ways. And so, 
being a part of this particular opportunity, this, this volunteer work day that's in Riverside is a bit of a bit, it's a big commitment because it'll be, um, you know, it's gonna take some time and resources from you to be a part of that. But if you're interested in all, I'd really encourage you to sign up for that as well. And in the coming months, we may have some other opportunities to team together as a network, which I'm really excited about. So 2022 is here. We're moving together as a church, trusting God, following his lead. And I really am excited to see what he brings of it. Uh, as you think about your week moving forward, some next steps you might take. One, one thing you might do is to tenaciously trust God. Maybe there's something to really root your trust in him more deeply over. Uh, last week, Barry gave a, an excellent message about relying on God in 2022. You might listen to that. Another next step you might take is to stick with us. <laughs> move where we move. Be a part of what God is doing here. We'd love for you to be a part and to grow with us. And then third, jump into a group. Uh, begin to really experience the core values. What makes us value lights? Why are we the way we are? And how can you help us build that community that's a real enjoyment to be a part of? Let me wrap up with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for your incredible care, your compassion in the way that you lead and guide. Um, you didn't abandon the Israelites and you always provided the next step for them. Sometimes the next step was just staying put and sometimes you moved them. And it's felt like that for us over the past year. And I imagine we'll just continue to need trust you in a lot of changing circumstances. Help us to trust you in big ways as a church and then in individual ways with difficulties that we find on our spiritual journeys as, as you lead us forward. Allow us to uh, make the truth about you and the good news about Jesus appealing to others. Would you draw people to our church that don't know you, that are far from you, and that are desperately in need of the light and hope that you provide. And I pray, Lord God, um, that those in our congregation that are considering a life of following you would, would cross the line of faith and put their trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining with us, and I hope to see you again.